Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to bridge the gap between therapists and clients. We are your companions on your journey to build your healthcare practice, yourself, and your relationships. To get you started, we've created a free email course on our website, shrinkthink.com forward slash awesome. Just kidding. (laughs) Forward slash podcast. We've got practical steps on overcoming fear and anxiety. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Shrink Think Podcast. Disclaimer and newsflash, we are not your therapist. Welcome to the game. We are just educating you and that is it. Do not take what we're saying as a life-changing situation. Please just enjoy the program, sit back, relax, and thank you for being here. Hi folks, Gordon Brewer here, and if you don't know me, I'm the person behind the Kindness and Compassion podcast, which is part of the Psychcraft Network of Podcasts, and I'm so proud to be part of this network along with Nathan and Aaron and the great work they are doing to help people in their lives and in their journeys. And if you haven't discovered the Kindness and Compassion podcast, you can find us wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'd love for you to join me as I explore both the psychological and spiritual and emotional sides of how we can live into more kindness and compassion in our lives. It's a podcast devoted to helping people find peace and contentment in their lives through the practices of kindness and compassion. You can also check us out at kindnessandcompassion.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Shrink Think podcast. I'm excited to be here with you today, although it's going to be a little bit of a different episode because Nathan is actually traveling across the country to take his daughter to college. You can picture this, he's driving like some big, I don't know, U-Haul truck with just t- crocodile tears streaming down his face the whole time. It's like, oh, my little baby. Meanwhile, I'm doing all the heavy lifting over here back at the ranch, maintaining the podcast. And anyway, so it's going to be just me today, but I'm excited to be here with you. And I've got a great topic for you. I know it'll be a little bit different without the wisecracks and without the uh, the banter that we have. But hopefully um, you'll get some stuff out of this episode. And I'm going to try to entertain myself <laughs> while I have the time as well. So the topic I'm going to be talking about today is when people say it feels so unsafe, this is something that I've heard from a lot of people over the years, really. And it's interesting because people will say that something happened, like there was a family event or there was a work situation that happened, or maybe it was even like a romantic relationship. And they come in and they're like really distraught. They're really upset. And by the way, I'm not trying to take away from any of the feelings or experiences that people have. When they say that it feels unsafe, I just want to kind of break down what's happening and break down these kinds of scenarios um, because it's a really common one that I end up having to work through. So if you're listening and you relate to this, hopefully you can say like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. And you can see that there's some validation for what you're going through and also maybe some helpful perspectives on actually how to navigate it well. 
So anyway, they come into my office and um, they're saying like, oh, this situation happened. I'm like, oh, man, what what happened? Well, it feels really unsafe. And then they go on to describe kind of a mix of some facts and some feelings. And it gets really confusing because on the one hand, I'm like, wait a minute. So are you like, I want clarity on like, okay, did they say this? Did this happen? Or what happened after this happened? Um, And sometimes when I do that, I'm running into some feelings. I'm hearing feelings on the other side. So I'm like, okay, well, let's validate the feelings. But then it's like getting away from what actually happened. Um, And so a lot of times it's actually makes both of those things really, really unclear. And the situation um, that gets presented is really unclear for what happened. And also it's a bit of what they feel or how they feel or why they feel that way. And it's kind of a frustrating scenario because I can tell that that somebody is in distress. Somebody's like feeling upset about something and they're looking for, you know, obviously somebody to kind of understand and validate. And and usually it's it's also like I want you to validate not just how I feel, but that what happened was not okay. And here's where I kind of run into some problems. Um, So I'm bringing this up because it's a really common thing that I think people do, I think, especially in this culture. Because society and our culture right now really is like huge on subjective experience. If you feel a certain way, if you perceive this, if this is your experience or your quote unquote truth, then this is the thing that happened. And in therapy, we talk a lot about we had an episode way back when uh, when we went through some of the different types of therapy when we went through CBT, I want to say it was like probably in the man, maybe in like the 70 episode 70s, um, maybe 80 something. It was a long time ago, maybe a year and a half or so ago. Um, but we were talking about cognitive behavioral therapy, which looks at a lot of the things that we think and the potential distortions that we have in our brains about what's actually going on. And one of the things, I think I got this from David Burns. He's like a psychologist. Um, he's written uh, The Feeling Good Handbook and probably some other books, but that's that's his most famous one. And he does a lot of, uh, he's done a lot of conferences and speaking things around the country. And I don't know if he's the actual inventor of the, uh, the cognitive distortions, but this is kind of how I know about it. In these distortions, what ends up happening is uh, there's this one called emotional reasoning. And that's essentially where we take how we're feeling about a situation or how we're feeling, uh, how we're impacted by something and how we're feeling. And then we like project that onto the situation. And we say, because I feel this way, that is what's happening. You know, and you could even go back to an episode recently where Nathan and I were talking about don't be offended. You know, it's essentially like somebody's saying something or doing something and we're like, hey, you don't need to take offense to that because you can create some like emotional distance from that other person or that thing. And just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean they were trying to offend you. I think we might have said like there's this phrase that we talk about and we even put it on one of our shirts in the swag shop, which was uh, they're not attacking you. They're defending themselves. And there was another episode where we're talking about where you triggered or just upset about something, uh, because sometimes we feel a certain way and it doesn't actually mean that something happened 
the way we experience it or the way that we're interpreting it. Now, sometimes it does, right? This is where we got to kind of get into a little bit of sleuthing and a little bit of like analyzing what's really going on to separate out the different parts of this so that we can understand what's really going on. And that's ultimately my goal for this episode, that you can understand by the end of the episode, you can see that there are two different things going on and you can know how to separate those two things so that A, you can articulate better what's going on like what are the facts? What are the, what's the event that happened? And then B, you can know better, more clearly how you feel and why, and so that you can communicate that and then be able to distinguish between the two. So the basic premise here is that a lot of times we're approaching situations and uh, because we experience them, we kind of mix our facts and our feelings. And so I want to start by kind of going through this uh, one by one. We'll start with the facts. And then we'll start with the feelings and then we'll talk about like, okay, what do you do in order to um, separate the facts from the feelings for yourself? So first of all, what are the facts? What, what is like when somebody is describing a situation, you know, this happened, what should that sound like? And what are they actually trying? What should they actually be trying to describe? So the facts are essentially the events that occurred that are kind of observable, maybe they're objective. They're pretty much like this happened, this happened, this happened, or like sequentially, chronologically, you know, this happened, and then this, and then this person said that, and then you'll never guess this happened, right? And in a certain sense, it's it's like inarguable. These are things that happen that anybody that was observing them would pretty much say the same thing. They might describe them a little bit differently. But pretty much the events that happen are what they happen, are, are what they are, essentially. This is the reality of what happened. And it's helpful to be able to describe this because when you can get the facts right, you can, I think, really understand how you're interpreting things, why you're interpreting things that way, and then be able to say it's this thing or uh, this was the part of the situation that impacted me the most, or here's how it impacted me and why. So getting the facts right is really, really important. But a lot of times, again, like when we're mixing facts with feelings, instead of saying this happened, um, people will use language that kind of puts it into kind of process-oriented language. Like uh, instead of saying the person said these words, they'll say, um, the person was being a jerk to me or the person was attacking me with their words or um, they were getting really defensive and and all they could do was uh, was um, invalidate what I was saying and they don't care about me. And it's like, OK, my question is like, what actually was said that demonstrates that? Right. And now I get like in conversation, you don't necessarily want to start there because it kind of it does feel like you're dismissing the person's feelings. And so it is important to be able to say like, oh, that sounds really terrible or wow, that sounds like a horrible experience. I can totally see how that would feel invalidating or um, it, you know, it sounds like, you know, the other person wasn't really didn't really hear what you had to say or whatever. That's really hurtful. And then you can go back into, well, what is it that really happened? What is it that they said that upset you so much? And here's where we need to get clear that when we're talking about facts, it should be factual language. It should be a really concrete behavior that says this thing happened. 
and then this thing happened, or these were the exact words. You know, one of the ways that I can tell if somebody is able to really accurately kind of record or recall um, a situation pretty like objectively, like recall the events or the facts of something is if I ask them about it or if they're telling me the story and they can actually remember the specific things that happened or the specific words that were used. If somebody comes back and they're kind of retelling a story and they're saying the person was just so upset or so rude and I ask the question, you know, well, what, what was it they said? Do you remember like how they said that? If the person can't really remember, if they're like, no, I, I don't really remember or um, oh, I, I just remember I was just so mad when they said it. Well, that right there might be an indication that there's this emotional reasoning going on, this mixing of fact and feeling, because instead of really paying attention to the words that were being said, they're almost like uh, superimposing an interpretation and then holding on to the feeling and the interpretation they made about the actual facts or the actual words that were being said. And so then what they're carrying then is the story that they've made about the facts rather than the facts themselves. And that's, I mean, in a certain sense, it's kind of like um, playing a game of telephone, you know, where somebody, you know, starts out by telling somebody like um, the socks on the socks on the guy's feet were stinky. And then somebody's like, the smelly, sm smelly socks. It's even hard to say <laughs> the smelly smocks and <laughs> try to say that this, the smelly smocks are stinky. Um, try to say that five times fast. But it's like taking that and, and translating it, the smelly socks were stinky or the stinky socks were smelly or the socks were so stinky and smelly that you've gotten away from the facts of these were on the guy's feet, right? Um, instead, we're just now talking about the socks. So anyway, getting back to the facts, if we can look at and be able to describe the facts that are happening, we can say, okay, this is what happened. And a lot of times, the facts will actually lead to the conclusion that we want people to see. We want people to see why they're so offensive or why they're so hurtful. But instead of just letting the facts be the facts, we will describe them and then add some extra stuff that's like, um, that sort of either embellishes, exaggerates, or it throws feelings on it, or it uses this process language of like, then they were attacking me, you know, by saying, you know, all these horrible things, so that we'll, the listener will take the facts and then draw the conclusion that your hurt is justified, or that they can actually see your hurt at all. And oftentimes when people do this, they don't really have, it's kind of like an anxiety thing. It can be a little bit of an anxiety thing or a fear thing that if I just let the facts be the facts, people are not going to be able to see what I, what I went through or what my experience was, or maybe they're not going to see that my, my hurt, my experience was valid unless I kind of convince them that it was by throwing some like feeling stuff in there. So, um, it's not true though. If we can keep the facts, the facts, then people will see what really happened and probably come to the conclusion that you want them to, uh, to come to without you having to do that work. And they'll trust it because they, it's kind of like they saw it with their own eyes. When you describe the facts, it's kind of like they, they heard, they listened to, they saw the facts for themselves and they can come to that conclusion themselves.
But the thing about facts are that people are going to experience them differently. It's kind of like a situation that people, you know, can experience. They can witness, uh, you know, two people fighting in a bar and one person is like super afraid and they're like, oh, my God, yeah, this is dangerous. And another person's like, yeah, get them. The facts are the same, but the experiences can be different. OK, so that's like the facts portion of it. And it's important to get that right, because then that will help us to determine really like what's really going on and then how we feel or how we're being impacted by those facts. So when people are saying, I feel unsafe, it can be based on a few different things or some mix of these three things. One is it's based on the facts, right? So if somebody actually like did something that was unsafe, they pulled a knife or they um, stood close to you, you know, nose to nose and like snarled at you like, don't you ever like that would be scary. That would make me or that would make almost anybody feel unsafe, right? Because that act itself, the facts themselves lend themselves toward that conclusion. But it also can be based on experiences. So if somebody did get nose to nose, toe to toe with you, and they snarled at you, if you've got experiences be, uh, in the past where people have done this, and maybe this was like a typical thing in your family, like everybody was in each other's faces, and like maybe it's like one of those loud Italian families, like, what are you talking about? We're just yelling at each other. And what do you, what do you mean? You know? That kind of a thing. Um, I don't know if that's a very good accent. I need to work on my New York accent. Not not that all Italians are in New York, but that's kind of what I think of. Um, so if let's say that everyone in your family was yelling, getting in each other's faces, and somebody's in your face, you might, instead of feeling unsafe, you might be like, dude, your breath stinks. <laughs> like that's where you go because you're so comfortable with that kind of conflict unsafe is not that like that was nothing in your family right so that experiences experience from the past also contributes to how you're feeling or or how you're coming to the interpretation that you're coming to and then of course it's just kind of based on your own personality your own temperament um so basically it's based on your own interpretation of those events so facts can be what they are but they're then sort of filtered through or interpreted based on our experiences, our personality, and kind of what we've been through in life. And that can make things really confusing. Because are you saying that it was unsafe? Or are you just saying that you felt unsafe? Because there are times where something can happen, and there was nothing unsafe about it. But because of your background and your past or your personal experiences, you felt unsafe. And that's perfectly valid and, and legitimate, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the situation was unsafe or that somebody did something or the thing that was going on was unsafe, right? Can you see the difference between the situation, the facts are one way versus, no, I just felt this way. That can certainly be true. It can also be true that some bad thing did happen or some unsafe kind of events were happening. And as a result, you felt unsafe. And like I said before, based on your past experiences, you could have that same experience with those facts and not feel unsafe. But for the sake of our, our conversation here, it can be that these events happened, the facts happened, that were kind of unsafe, you know, fireworks were going off, and they were, you know, lighting them around people in a crowded area. So that's, that's pretty unsafe. 
and I felt unsafe, right? That kind of makes sense because the facts themselves lend to the, the way that I'm feeling. So it's important, I think, as, as communicators, as we're talking about the things that are uh, going on for us, it, this is really important when it comes to our experiences and our story and living life, because if we get the facts wrong about what's going on, we can kind of paint a picture of the world that's unsafe or that looks a certain way that's not actually that way. We're, we're not really oriented to reality. And that can do us some injustice because we're then responding to things that aren't really actually there or we're responding in a way that may not be very helpful to other people to our relationships. Conversely, so that's like one part of it, right? One part of our experience in life. Another part of it is it can actually damage our relationships because if we're wanting to be heard, if we're wanting people to see, you know, the pain or the frustration, I mean, basically the feelings and the experiences that we're having, but we're not really able to describe what actually happened, then people might actually not believe what we're feeling because they're listening. They're like, I don't really get what happened. I don't see what was unsafe about it. I just see that you felt unsafe. Or on the other hand, it could be that everyone's telling you, you're so unsafe, you're so unsafe, you're so unsafe. And you're not really because the facts have been sort of emotionally reasoned, right? Where we've sort of projected onto the facts, how we're feeling instead of seeing the facts themselves. It's really important, I think, to separate the facts from our feelings so that we can describe what happened while also being able to identify and describe how we're feeling, but without compromising either of those. It's sort of we get the pure version of those two. And I've heard it said before that clear thinking leads to clear communication. And it's kind of like the same thing within your brain and within your own experience, too, that you can, in a sense, kind of um, we'll talk about like lower T traumas here. Like if something is lower T traumatic, and you experience that and it's like upsetting to you when you can get the facts clear and right and then you can get your feelings clear and accurate and then you can articulate that it has less of a chance of sticking inside of you and staying with you because you've understood and organized what happened you have a cohesive story that you can tell about it that's pretty clear and pretty organized i mean that's kind of how sort of healing from or recovering from or, or preventing trauma um, can happen. Of course, you got to kind of know some other things like what's happening in your body and that stuff too. But my hope for this episode is that um, when you say or when you hear somebody else say it feels unsafe, that you have a better idea maybe of what you're looking for, what you're trying to communicate so that you can communicate that a little bit better to get what you're needing. Are you needing people to see what happened and take some action? Like, because these facts are telling us that something bad happened, so let's go take action. Or do you need some people to understand and validate how you felt and see clearly why you feel the way you feel and authentically and empathically be able to validate how you're feeling? So I hope this was helpful. Thanks for being with me. And I really enjoyed being here on my own. Maybe maybe I'll invite Nathan back next time. I'm not sure. I really actually do enjoy the banter. It's definitely a lot more enjoyable having somebody else than uh, just talking to yourself uh, on this podcast. But anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for being with me and have a great day.
listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. 